Hi everyone and welcome to SAMA, a program which invites experts each week to discuss their area of expertise. This week we're hitting 100, so uh, welcome aboard. Uh, we're delighted to have Jordan Fallis to tell us how to get rid of brain fog and keep our brains healthy. Jordan is a health and science journalist and researcher and the founder of Optimal Living Dynamics, a website that has helped more than one and a half million people improve their brains and mental health. His work has been featured in the Canadian Broadcast Corporation, the Canadian Medical Association Journal, and the Canadian Pharmacists Journal. Jordan has interviewed, consulted, and worked with more than 100 medical doctors, health practitioners, and leading researchers. He spends considerable time scouring for new medical research and uh, writing about what he finds and applying the medical findings on himself. So welcome to, show, to the show, Jordan. It's fantastic to have you with us. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. <clears throat> so the, um, the main topic, I guess, is the brain fog. If you can explain what is brain fog. Uh, well, I guess it's uh, mental cloudiness, and, and sometimes there's a cognitive impairment along with that. Uh, some people experience like mental fatigue, um, or just a, like a lack of mental clarity. Um, sometimes people can have like difficulty concentrating as well and thinking properly, and they're confused. Sometimes even their memory gets impaired because of the brain fog. So um, it's a lot of different, a lot of different symptoms, I guess, because people can experience it in, in different ways, right? Um, but in, in general, it's just, it's a, I guess, a lack of mental clarity and being able to, I guess, focus and absorb information um, yes. optimally or, or the way you know you should absorb the information, I guess. So that's, that's a, how I would explain it. Yeah. How did you get involved with this research? What, what prompted you and got your interest? In this uh, well, well, it started, uh, so it was in 2010, and I got a really, really bad concussion. Well, I had two. I had two back-to-back, -back, but the one in September 2010 was the really bad one. Um, and then when that, when I had that, um, I had trouble, like, concentrating. I had dizziness. I had fatigue. I had really bad anxiety and depression. I had, I had it leading up to it as well, but then it got magnified after that. Yes. Um, and so when I had the concussion, yeah, I, I went to doctors, and they they didn't, they just told me to rest. So it was essentially post-concussion concussion sy syndrome. And my symptoms didn't go away. Mm. Um, usually they say, you know, rest for a week and everything will be fine, but that didn't really happen. So, um, yeah, so I went to different doctors. They, they kept saying, well, we don't know what to do for you. They gave me antidepressants. They gave me different medications, sleep medications. Nothing really worked. And then, so then I, I had to really figure out how to get better myself. And then with the help of certain like integrative physicians and naturopaths and functional medicine practitioners and energy medicine uh, practitioners. Um, and then with my research and that's, that's kind of, I worked with all these people and, and myself to kind of put it together and figure out how to get better. And then, and then I did. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, it was a long journey. And so that's how I got into it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it, I, I, my life kind of went in a, in a weird direction. Uh, after the concussions because you know I, I didn't see it coming and then I just had no choice I was always interested in nutrition yes um, and so that's a that's a big part of brain health as well but um, and I was into like the paleo diet and stuff like that cutting out grains actually leading up to my concussion but then with the concussion it just 
well, that, the food wasn't going to cut it. It was still a good part of it, but it, it, to get better, I had to go even deeper. So, um, yeah, so that's how, how it all happened. Uh, it's kind of crazy looking back and thinking about it, but, uh, yeah. It's quite often the case, isn't it, where um, life-changing circumstances or a sudden change, a sudden, sudden impact in your life, albeit negative, overall provide something so positive. You know, you've reached out to one and a half million people. That's quite a large number, you know, Jordan. I know. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see that coming. Like I, uh, I just started writing, and I thought, oh, I'll just start writing on my website, and uh, we'll see what happens. And um, and then, yeah, it's been. I started in 2015 the website, and then I, you know, like recently, I looked to see how many people I've reached over that time. And it kind of blew my mind because, you know, like, you know, there's people coming through the website and they leave and they go. And but then when to see that number, I'm like, oh, wow, and that's that's crazy. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 been it's been interesting. I'm glad I did it. You know, I, I'm glad I've done what I've done so far. So, yeah. Now. You've talked about one cause of brain fog, which is your concussion. Um, mm -hmm. are, are there other causes of brain fog? Yeah, there's there's a lot. Uh, I could probably go on and on with different causes, but uh, I guess usually I, I I tell people to start with food to see what their what their diets like because yes, I mean because you can go and look into other things, but if you're if a person's eating a, a crappy diet, that could be one of the main the main causes of their brain fog, especially if they have food food intolerances or allergies. So some people they may have undiagnosed celiac disease or just a gluten intolerance and uh, they cut cut gluten out they may their their fog may dissipate um yes. and then there's other food allergies too you know like dairy eggs corn soy just the you know the common um allergens food allergens and that can contribute to inflammation and then lead to brain fog um and then uh, so that that would be one of the main ones i, I will say that a lot of people still cut out they, they cut out these foods or they clean up their diet and they still have cognitive problems and brain fog so it's not like a cure-all right but um that can be one of the, the major factors that can contribute and uh and i usually tell people to start there because if they if they're still eating foods that they're allergic to i mean they can do all these other things and it's just That's not, mm. not going to make a difference so um then of course there's like food preservatives and chemicals as well uh even chemicals in the environment like like mold in particular so I didn't mention it when I when I had my concussion. I was living in a moldy home as well, so that didn't that didn't make things much better. Um, there was a bunch of black mold in the basement, um, right underneath my bedroom, actually. So it was likely all, all up around the, in the walls of my my room too. Um, and so so I hit my head, and then I was in this this terrible environment. So that's another uh, common trigger for for brain fog for people and, the, and a lot of people don't know that they're living in a moldy home and that the mold could be contributing because it's sneaky right like it, it kind of you might move into a home and then it's it's moldy but you're, you don't feel sick immediately and then slowly over time your your health starts to deteriorate your brain's not working properly you, you can't remember things brain fog um yeah so that that's another thing that people i think need to uh keep in mind is not only what you're putting in your body but what's around you in your environment that's a huge a huge part of it as well um and 
yeah so there's so there's mold there's yeah there's the food there's there's nutrient deficiencies too people can just have nutrient deficiencies so you know usually recommend people get go to their doctor and check for things like vitamin d for sure and b12 iron you know the some of the major nutrients that if you're low you're gonna your brain's not gonna be functioning optimally so um yeah so that's uh that's mold and food those are the main ones that come to mind right now but i I can keep i can keep going if you want or you can jump in and (laughs) but no it's it's um i like you taking the stage because what you're saying is um is, is interesting because most people think brain fog has got a viral trigger but you've mentioned everything but viral well, I, I well, I can also have a viral trigger as well, as well, right? Like, um, I practitioners check um, for EBV, like Epstein Barr virus, but I, I, I never had it, so for me, it was never um, a factor for me. But um, yeah, that's a, that's another part of it. Um, I know uh, Dr. Klinghart talks about retroviruses and how they're contributing to things like Lyme disease and. Um, are not contributing to Lyme disease, but it's it, a lot of people who have Lyme disease also have, also have retrovirus, retroviruses that can contribute to their symptoms as well. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's another part of it. But uh, in my case, anyways, I it didn't seem to be a, a huge part of I guess my my problem. Yeah. Wow. Well, if one and a half million, <laughs> I've got to yeah. pause there. It's good. You know, it's a lot of people. Do you think it's do you think it's rampant? Do you think that a huge swathe of the population has got brain fog and possibly a lot of people have it that don't realize it? Yeah, that's what I realize. I think a lot of people, um, they may have it their whole, their whole life. Like, I mean, I think a lot of kids are sick nowadays too, right? And they don't know it. They just grow up and like, Oh, well, I'm not that bright. I'm not that smart. Sure. sure. Um, the, the problem with, with what happened to me is I, I knew, like I was doing great in school. I was doing great in my job and everything like that. Everything was fine. And then um, it was very noticeable that things were declining. Right. So um, yeah, I think a lot of people, they, they just get used to it and they don't, they're not aware of it. And I think, uh, yeah, a lot of people are looking for, for solutions and they, and they go to their doctor and I, I think people are getting fed up that their doctors will just say, Oh, you're depressed or, you know, it's just aging. That's probably the main two things that people hear. You're depressed, you need an antidepressant, or oh, you know, you know, you're getting older. Um, and I think, to be completely frank and blunt, I think it's bullshit. But uh, so, like, uh, yeah, I just, um, yeah, and so people are searching, and that's, I guess, why a lot of people have found my website and they come back and read my stuff is because they, you know, they're they're desperate for for good information and and tools and strategies and things they can do to support their brain right um and and whether that's like taking certain supplements to support the brain or it's working with like a practitioner or a healer to to really improve your energy and vitality and your your brain function like there's i guess there's a lot of different ways to approach it right people can just take things to cover up symptoms and that's great too like that can be helpful um but a lot of a lot of the time people also want to you know feel like their old self and in a lot of cases, when they go to their doctor, they, they don't get that. They, they get, well, doctors will try to cover up symptoms, but sometimes what they give for brain function, like they might give an antidepressant and it, and it won't actually help, right? So, so I find that a lot of people are just, they're lost and they're confused and they're, they're willing to try anything, right? Um, so I, I think that probably explains why there's 
that many people I reached is it's just um, people are just looking for, for good information, right? And looking for help. So, yeah. You think that a doctor would ask the number one question, if you've got brain fog, you go to a doctor, the doctor should ask, is your home moldy? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Or, or what's in your environment or, you know, like, uh, how's your sleep or like send you for a sleep study immediately. But it seems like from what I've heard from other people and what I experienced was, oh, you're just depressed. And it just seems like such a, a simple, like a, it's just such a cop out to say, oh, you're depressed. Here's a pill. It just, it seems so lazy, I guess. And, uh, um, well, once yeah, you, but once you have a label, then they can, associate a label with a drug to heal right yeah and that's the way they do things right that's the, <laughs> the model and the paradigm um and that's it it blows my mind that it's so widely uh accepted i, I feel i feel like well I, I feel like a lot of people are i guess waking up and realizing there's different ways to do things and better ways to do things so i think it's changing but and and the other thing is a lot of people they don't they don't really care. They, some people just want the pill, you know what I mean? That's, and that's fine too. But it's, it's usually when people get, uh, fall into situations like I did and they're, they went to the doctors and nothing worked. Then that's when, or, or when things actually made things worse, like that's when people are like, okay, well, I need to, I need to go elsewhere. And that's usually when people like even doctors, sometimes they'll change their practice because they get sick and they realize, Oh, what I learned doesn't even work for me. So I, I better, I better adapt and change the way I'm doing things. Right. And, and then that's how you, you see different doctors uh, like using alternative medicine or integrative medicine in their, in their own practice. Right. So, yeah. It's a shame they call it alternative medicine, isn't it? <laughs> Should be another way. Around. Yeah. I hate, I hate it. Like I hate that. Uh, what, what do people say? The people who are like extreme skeptics, they say like, Oh, if it, if it was, you know what they call alternative medicine, that's, that works. They call it medicine. You know what I mean? Like they like they make that joke that like you know everything that falls under science uh, science based medicine is like that's the only way it should be and that's the only thing that's proven. But I think it's faulty. It's it's not the right way to approach things, right? So yeah. Uh, and so yeah, the word the word alternative medicine when they make when skeptics make that joke, it really really bothers me because you know. But uh, okay, I won't make that joke. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, no, I'll just, uh, yeah, there, I like complementary medicine or uh, integrative medicine is better way to put or functional medicine is good too. But uh, yeah, alternative sounds like, uh, you know, like I'm out in the woods sleeping under a tree and like yeah. taking drugs or something, you know what I mean? Like it feels like so woo woo or something, but uh, it's not. There's usually a lot of good research behind a lot of the things. You know, I recommend, and the doctors I've consulted with, they recommend too. It's the, they're not just pulling these, pulling these things out of the sky, right? Like no, and the research is more than more than a hundred years of research as well. Like allopathic medicine, that's we're talking about you know thousands of years of research. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the, that's what a lot of the skeptics don't understand is that like, you know, they're giving antidepressants that have been around for like five years to kids. <laughs> it's like and, and that's just insanity i don't know what uh what they're thinking but uh and yeah a lot of things plant-based medicines have been around for a very long time so it's uh anyways, just, yeah. um, touching on the children again it's, it's a travesty how a child could have it from as an infant have brain fog 
and um, and not real and the parents not realise it, and the child knows no better. It's, and and then the child will be labelled as be, having some sort of disorder. Is I was going to ask you, does um, autism or other behavioural labels that are given to children could that be linked also to brain fog and similar triggers? I don't know if it'd be. I I would imagine a lot of children with autism would have brain fog, um, and I and I do think a lot of the I guess I would say underlying factors that contribute to brain fog are also a common underlying triggers for autism as well. Because I mean, their brain fog and like brain fog is a complex condition, and it's hard to often figure out what what is causing it. Right? Because there's so many different factors that can be at play. And that's the same thing with with autism. It's not as simple as one thing that's contributing to it. So. Um, yeah, there's usually a lot of, I would say, oxidative stress going on, inflammation and, and mitochondria dysfunction um, in, in people who have brain fog and, and, and children with autism too. And, and it, I'm sure a lot of children with autism or people with autism on the, on the spectrum have brain fog as well, right? And I mean, it's, it's all wrapped up into uh, the condition, I would, I would suspect anyway. Uh, yeah. Now, people that have got brain fog, if they went on a holiday and they had a total change in environment, they went from their toxic homes to a sunny island paradise somewhere, and they had something like a three-week holiday, would that be enough to, for them to perceive a change in their cognitive function? Yeah, um, I usually recommend if people think they live in a moldy home, the best way to test is it's usually 30 days, like a month. So three weeks could still, could still work. Um, but they ideally would need to not bring, sorry, not bring any of their uh, belongings or, or like they'd have to just leave everything behind. That's the best test. There are tests you can do at home for mold, like the ERMI test. Um, but the best way is just to get out of there and yeah, go on a vacation for like four, four weeks, three, four weeks. Okay. And then, uh, yeah. Okay, so this is Sema episode 100, and so blessed to have you with us, Jordan. Uh, Jordan's advice to everybody is to have at least a one-month extended holiday to some warm tropical paradise place. And, and if, you're, if your boss asks you why one month, you tell them. You heard it on Sema episode 100. The, um, <laughs> and that'll be a stir, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, just, tell, just, tell them, just tell them that I said you can go, you know, somewhere warm and... Jordan, yeah. he's got a lot of followers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the, okay, the, the, the physical things that cause brain fog. Um, mm -hmm. You've talked about a little bit about the inflammation. Um, is it purely inflammation that causes the brain fog? Uh, I think that's one of the contributing factors. There's oxidative stress as well. I think at the, the root of it, there's often mitochondria dysfunction as well. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's other physical uh, abnormalities that that are wrapped up in that as well. So it's 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 really not completely understood, right? Um, there's probably multiple factors at play. But another factor would be um, like lim limbic system dysregulation could, is another part of it. Um, so a lot of people they may have they may have like a chemical injury, for example, like maybe they're on some sort of medication and it causes adverse effect. Um, or they go through a highly stressful event and and then there's their limbic system starts freaking out and there's limbic system dysregulation. So that's often another problem with, especially with people who have chronic illness. Um, 
they, they, that's another contributing factor because they could, a lot of people, they may go on an anti-inflammatory diet and their inflammation is really low. They check uh, C-reactive protein, it's low. Signs of inflammation are low, but then their, their limbic system is dysregulated and it's actually in the brain itself instead of somewhere else in the body. So there could be also gut infections, for example, that contribute to inflammation, which then increases inflammation in the brain as well. But um, yeah, sometimes it's just the the brain is overreactive after um, a stressful event or some sort of chemical injury. So um, those are some of the main uh, like physical features of, of brain fog. Sometimes there's decreased like blood flow to the brain and um, oxygen flow to the brain too. And I have an article on my website of different ways to increase blood flow to the brain, um, especially in, in people who have had brain injuries, right? Like yes. uh, th- that's often common. Um, and then of course there's like intestinal permeability. So leaky gut can also contribute to brain fog too. So it, there's so many different things that can contribute to it, right? And so many different physical uh, features of brain fog and underlying factors that it's, it's often hard to pinpoint exactly what a person's dealing with, but, um, but, and that's usually when it's best to, you know, work with different practitioners to rule things out so that over time, you know, you can pick away at the, the underlying factors and your brain starts to become more clear. So, yeah. More and more people are becoming their own practitioners in a way with doing their Google researches because they feel let down by the people who they've um, previously trusted with their health. It's hard yeah. to get the directions on who to see because, you know, no one else, everyone's telling you that there's nothing wrong with you. You know there's something wrong because you don't feel as sharp as possible, you know, as before. Mm-hmm. But who to see? Now where to go for these um for these tests that you can do? Oh yeah, it's uh it's tricky too because I mean I went to a lot and uh, it's it gets to the point where and I think a lot of people nowadays are there's so much information out there and they're becoming educated themselves. So I think I bet if you like surveyed a lot of practitioners and doctors, naturopaths and functional medicine practitioners, a lot of them would probably say people are more informed than ever before. And so uh, people definitely need to take an active role in their, their healing because otherwise, if, if, especially if someone's gotten really sick, I don't want to make it seem too bleak, but if you don't uh, take an active role in it, it's very likely you'll be disappointed because I'm sure some people just go to one practitioner and that practitioner may not be the best fit or maybe they're recommending a treatment that's maybe not best for you right at that moment. And so you really need to take control of it yourself and of course working with practitioners is is really it's like it's you can't do it alone you need to work with people uh, with practitioners but you can't also just like hand it over to them and be like oh fix me you know what i mean because um in my experience you don't get uh, as far as you could if you were really figuring things out yourself and and playing a, a part in the in the process right and so, uh, yeah, and it's, it's really trial and error too. Like you got to go to some practitioners and then, you know, they get you a little bit better and then you got to go to a different one. And that's just the way it goes with this type, these type of things. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, but over time things start to add up and there's improvements. Right. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's hard to say exactly. I can't be like, Oh, go see a functional medicine practitioner because some functional medicine practitioners like can't, can't help. Sometimes they don't help everyone and they can't solve everything doesn't mean they they don't play a huge part in it but then you may need to go see a like 
someone who like a bioenergetic practitioner, which I work with one as well. And uh, sometimes people need things like neural feedback, which is like a, usually offered by a psychologist. So it's like, it's, there's so many different people that, that need to play a part in, in your healing process that it's, it's hard to say exactly go to this type of doctor. You know, it's, there's okay. a lot of different. So it's not yeah. black and white. You've got to sort of, you've got to take the first steps and then make decisions at each step. I mean, yeah and it's it's uh, it's incredibly complicated like it's to be honest like it's uh to keep track of everything and and uh go like okay i'm gonna go see this person i'm gonna go see that person i'm gonna consult with this person and then you get ideas from all of them and then you start to figure out okay what's going on with me you know and and you can put together like a game plan with them you know instead of them putting a game plan together for you you need to people need to be a part part of it right so well, yeah. that would be hard to do if you've got brain fog to have it. So <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's, all, that's the other uh, big problem with this, right? Is yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you're not thinking clear, you're not thinking straight. Um, it's a lot more difficult to be able to put together a plan for yourself. And that's usually you still need to, yeah, you still need to go, you need to start somewhere. You need to see someone. And, uh, but and even with the brain fog, like maybe you're slower at putting the plan together, right? But as long as you're taking the steps, that's the key thing, right? As, as long as you're, even if it's little steps, that's better than not taking the steps. So, um, yeah, even with the brain fog, it's, it's possible, you know? <laughs> Would you recommend people keep a written diary for people, you know, just in the off chance that you forget important details? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I like I've, a lot of practitioners recommend it. I like journal how I feel based on what I'm doing and taking. That's usually not, I haven't been very good at that. I, what I've done is I have lots and lots of notes and I, have, I write down everything. It's just not in a journal format. So I don't think people are quite as obsessive as me. So maybe if they take like 30 minutes into it, like from their day and, you know, uh, write how they felt and think about what they did throughout the day and what they took and, uh, if they did that every day, I think it'd be very important. Uh, yeah. Now, people that are watching this video now, they may be thinking to themselves, maybe I've got brain fog and I don't really realize it. Maybe I'm not at my full potential. See? Mm -hmm. How can, how, is there some test or, you know, that you can just do on yourself or any, any signs that you have brain fog, even early stage? Um, well, well, the first thing that popped in my head when you said tests, I actually thought of blood tests. So I don't know if I can just go into that for a second. Absolutely, I, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, well, 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 first of all, I'll say um, I worked with a functional neurologist. They're called chiropractic neurologists. And they are able to assess brain function using, I forget what it's called, but it's some sort of eye tracking movement. Uh, right. And there's another software called NeuroTracker that I know practitioners use. Um, so there are, there are practitioners who are able to assess brain function and see if you are, if you've had a brain injury essentially, and people may not have hit their head. They may have, they may be taking medications, for example, that they're not even aware of that are, that have slowly contributed to a brain injury, um, or impaired their brain function in some way. Because for example, the functional neurologist that I saw, he sees a lot of people who are on Wellbutrin, which actually I was on. I don't want to freak people out if they're on it, but, uh, he saw, a decline in cognitive uh, function in people who took Wellbutrin. When they stopped it, there was a, a big increase, which is a good sign. Um, but I suspect in some people, if they're on it long enough, there's, 
you may actually need to see a functional neurologist who uses uses different neuroplasticity uh, exercises to heal the brain. Um, some people may need that above and beyond, uh, like just stopping the medication. But anyway, so the functional neurologist can can do tests to see, like usually with their initial assessment, they'll they'll do comprehensive testing with the eye movements to see where you where you have weaknesses in your brain function. Uh, so that's one way in particular. Um, but yeah, I was I was going to go into uh, different blood tests that I think people should probably do in particular, like checking for hormones too, because a lot of people, uh, they may have low testosterone or hypothyroidism, but and, like those are very common today. Um, like men often have low testosterone and hypothyroidism is common in men and women. And so uh, checking for free T3 and uh, total and free testosterone is uh, I think very important because that can often, especially in older individuals, as you get older, um, older men, their testosterone can start to plummet, right? So, um, and that, and it could be as simple as going on bioidentical hormone replacement and then, and then brain fog goes away. So, um, you know, that's, that's another, another thing to consider, especially as people are getting older. Um, if people are getting, if someone's getting older to, to check those things and even in young people too, because there's a lot of men in their twenties and early thirties now with low testosterone. And, uh, and then of course, uh, hypothyroidism is rampant now too. So, um, yeah, so checking things like, like especially free T3, a lot of doctors won't check free T3. So they'll check your TSH and they'll check your, your T4, but they won't check free T3. So a lot of people have low free T3 and that can be contributing to their brain fog as well. So, so as you can see, there's a, a lot of different, uh, factors that could be contributing right uh, but those are some some blood tests off the top of my head right now that i thought of that people should probably probably look into you know yeah um one very scary thing you mentioned was a, a drug you said the word very quickly uh, which could oh. call, I think it well, what did i call it it was, uh, it was wellbutrin um okay. yeah so it's, it's an antidepressant um and uh the functional neurologist that i I saw and I've, I've consulted with and talked to, he, he sees people who often are taking Wellbutrin have a decline in, in brain function. And so what was interesting is I was put on medication, yes. including Wellbutrin, uh, after my concussions. And, uh, and I eventually, I, I said, I, I got to get off this because I feel like I have cognitive decline. So, um, yeah. And so it's just interesting that he's seeing this in patients because he sees a lot of people who have had concussions as well. And, you know, people are putting, are being put on Wellbutrin for energy and depression. And I mean, the, the drug is effective, but if it's showing cognitive signs of cognitive decline in people, I mean, that that's a problem, obviously. So. It's a bit of a problem. So it's, it's major, they're being given a poison of sorts, aren't they? If, if it has that function. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. And there's, there's other, other drugs that can, cause issues as well. Like there's a lot of anticholinergenic drugs out there, right. That people are taking every day that can contribute to cognitive decline as well. So people need to definitely pay attention to their medications and Gosh. Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, and yeah, it's, I, I do think a, a lot of medications nowadays are, I don't want to freak people out, but um, I think they're, they're a pro they're a problem, right? They're, 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 they're not good for the brain. A lot of them, not some of them, people take them they're fine they they feel great that's fine and that's good for them but if you're not feeling well 
and you're taking like a lot of people nowadays, I think the average American takes like seven medications. I think it was last time I checked. So, I mean, if you're taking that many medications, you need to, you know, keep in mind, like what could be causing, like it could be side effects from drugs, just brain fog could be from the medications. Right. So, um, and I, and perhaps the people who are watching your show, maybe they're more health conscious and they're not taking as many medications, but if a person is, they, they, I think they definitely need to uh, keep an eye on it, right? And to talk to their doctor, talk to their pharmacist. Don't just come off the medications, obviously, but definitely realize that it could be something that some of your taking is impairing your brain. So, yeah. It's, it is very scary. Gosh. I guess. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I feel like I'm just freaking everyone out here. <laughs> no, we'll try, we always try and end our Sam's on a positive note. So it doesn't matter what happens between the beginning and almost the end, but at the end, we always try and find something positive to say about brain fog. We might be struggling, but I'm sure we'll, do. we'll find something. Yeah. <laughs> but for, for, I didn't realize, seven medications on average, is it for an American? Yeah, I, I read that. Um, I, I don't know the, the source off the top of my head, but I read that. It was a few years ago, maybe more now, I don't know. But it's the average, right? So some people take none. But I mean, to think about it, if it's the average, so some people are taking like 10, 14, like it's, it's, it's insane. And, and there have been some people, I do consults with people and I try to point them in the right direction to different practitioners and stuff and try to help give them good information. And uh, this one woman was on six psychiatric drugs. It, it's just, I, I, I don't know what doctors are thinking that they think that it's a good idea to tweak brain chemistry that much with that many drugs. I mean, I think it's, that's obviously concerning, right? Um, Very concerning. So yeah, it's, and, and this woman was, she was young too. So she was, you know, she was around my age. So that's like, that's, it's insane to me, but yeah. It is. Gosh, and we just don't know that much. You know, scientists aren't that, you know, do not have a deep understanding of mm -hmm. functions of the body. No, yeah, and it's like a giant experiment, you know, because these drugs aren't haven't been around for a long time. So it's like, like it's like a, yeah, it's an experiment on on humans. I think it's unethical to be honest. But uh, I mean, if someone's, I I do want to point out, like, if someone has like schizophrenia and they they're really sick, I mean, they need they they sometimes need a drug, right? But it's six of them seems <laughs> like maybe they need to reassess what they're doing. Right. So uh, that's how I see it anyway. How does hormone imbalance cause brain fog or how, how can it cause brain fog? Well, uh, so testosterone and thyroid hormone, both, uh, they both support mitochondria functioning. So, right. um, so if it's, if you're, if you're really depleted in, in thyroid or, testosterone for example i'm speaking from i guess a male perspective here bringing up the testosterone but if you're really low i mean your mitochondria won't be working optimally and you, you'll have lower energy and you'll, you'll experience brain fog there's a lot of people who they just go on testosterone replacement and they have such mental like amazing mental clarity all of a sudden you know um the problem of course is usually once you're on testosterone replacement not always but usually if you you get on it you need to stay on it for life because if you come off, then, you know, the brain fog is going to be even worse. But um, so of course it's best probably to try to figure out the underlying factors that be, could be contributing to the hormone imbalance before jumping on medication. But I mean, there's so many different 
factors nowadays in our environment and in our food and everything. Even even the water we're drinking. Because yeah, even the water. Because they have the yeah, um, birth control pills. <laughs> they recycle yeah. water. Yeah. And, yeah. They, they, people don't realize yeah. that the water is recycled. It doesn't come all from the skies. If they're living in a city, they don't yeah. really want to know where the water came from. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's medications. They find medications in the water too. And lead and mercury and Roundup and glyphosate. And yeah, it's not good. That's definitely recommend filtering water to everyone. <laughs> I think it's a necessity. Glyphosate. Yeah. It's interesting you should mention that. It's a name that's come up on several of our, several of our previous SAMAs. How can glyphosate um, contribute or trigger a brain fog? Yeah, this is one thing I haven't delved too much into the research, but I do know it can significantly impact the gut microbiome that's for yeah. one yes so and uh and if it's and and a lot of people nowadays have uh g- gut problems right and right yeah i i i actually haven't researched much into it because it's actually kind of depressing to to realize the extent of the problem to be honest so uh but yeah that's that's one uh uh that's a huge that's a huge factor and that's the thing is i actually now that we're talking about it, I need to look more into it. I've been meaning to research more of how to like, I guess, detox or protect yourself from glyphosate. I have heard, I think selenium can help. Um, and like, you know, eating broccoli and like cauliflower. And these are just things that are popping into my head. I think I've read about, but, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, if it's, if it's impacting the gut microbiome as much as I've read, it does. And yeah, it's, it can definitely affect uh, brain function and, and contribute to brain fog. And I think now that I think about it, I remember reading about how there's a study, it was a really interesting study about how people, there's a higher rate of post-concussion syndrome nowadays, or, or like, like once people have a brain injury, yes. it seems that they're having a harder time recovering. And wow. in, this, in this report, it was a report, they laid out that glyphosate is likely one of the contributing factors and blocking healing, <laughs> which is uh like that's a shame obviously right like it just because it's everywhere it's in our soil it's 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 hard to get away from it. and i've heard that even organic food can still end up having having it on it like it anyways it's i don't want to get too depressing here about it but uh yeah it's uh that's another huge that's a huge well, area a, of, yeah it's the truth that needs to be spoken about basically if you eat <laughs> then you've got glyphosate in your body Unless you yeah. live in an Amazonian village. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're off the grid. Um, yeah. we've had a, um, now we have, um, we encourage questions both online, just typing under the, uh, the live broadcasting video on Facebook, or if you've uh, registered on uh, Zoom, just type in the chat box. And uh, Patrick Duncan has um, asked the question, um, Jordan, do you have any thoughts or experience and using DMSO to treat brain fog? And if so, you know, topically, orally, or both? Uh, what is it, what did you say it was DMSO? Is that what it was? Uh, yes. I've heard of it. I don't actually, I don't have an opinion on it because I actually don't know exactly what it is. It's, <laughs> so uh, if I Googled it and I looked into it, I, so no, I don't have any experience with it, unfortunately, but uh, I feel like I, yeah, I just can't picture exactly what it is. So I'd have to 
get back to them. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Now, yeah. um, we touched on before about um, emotions, em uh, anxiety, depression, and uh, the link with brain fog. How, how can depression or anxiety be tied in with brain fog? Oh yeah, that's a big. That's another big part of it too. Is a lot of people are chasing like different supplements or foods or yes. therapies, and it really a lot of the time it comes down to psychological trauma and stress. Yeah, right. Uh, so that was a part of my problem as well, actually. Um, and I remember, um, it seems like a lot of people who have post-concussion syndrome who they don't they don't recover. They often have psychological issues underneath it. So a lot of people already have anxiety and depression leading up to the brain injury, yes. and then they and they don't recover. Um, and that's not to say their symptoms are in their head, you know, like it's not psychological. They're, they have been injured, but um, yeah, often, yeah, like I, it seems like a lot of people who uh, like, like trauma can like, if you've had like adverse childhood experiences, so they call them uh, ACEs, um, that's a big part of it as well. And uh, you know, if you have trauma, you can you end up having like symptoms of like dissociation. So like depersonalization, derealization. And so that was actually uh, like a big issue of mine too. And uh, yeah. And so that's a whole, that's a whole other part of it. And in that it's kind of linked to like the limbic system dysregulation that I mentioned before. So that's, that's another, that's like a part of the trauma. Right. So, um, so some of the things that, that helped me with that was, so I did a bunch of neurofeedback things like EMDR can help too. So that's the thing is if people have, they would know if, a psychological if it's a, a their brain fog is due to psychological trauma if during stressful situations for example their brain fog gets a lot worse and they and they kind of they dissociate or they 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 don't feel like they're in their body and things are foggy um so if that if that happens to someone then it's it's usually there's a psychological component and that's when things like neurofeedback or uh, emdr was another thing i did which was very helpful uh, those things can play a part and then uh, in the healing process. And then there's a course like doing things to stimulate the vagus nerve too. So that's a huge, huge part of um, brain function and, and mental clarity as well as, uh, and that's of course linked to trauma and it's, it's hard to explain. It's all in my head, all these ideas, but uh, or all these facts and stuff, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. Trauma is a huge part of it. It was for me too. And um yeah, so I guess that's what I would say about that, yeah. Okay, now the, the vagus nerve, you're talking about mm -hmm. stimulating this, the vagus nerve. Is this a nerve that we can exercise to help overcome brain fog? Yeah, it's, uh, I have an article. If you search um, how to stimulate the vagus nerve for better, better mental health, um, if you go um, or just go to my website and you can search vagus nerve and you'll find the article. Um, so there's like 13 main ways that I list how to stimulate the vagus nerve. So some of the ways that I can think of right now is like cold exposure, for example. So taking like cold showers can stimulate the vagus nerve. So a lot of people find that they'll have a lot more energy. And um, I saw research that it seems to increase dopamine and norepinephrine if you expose yourself to cold. So um, that's one way, like deep breathing, you know, like yoga, uh, ear acupuncture is, that's one of the most helpful things I've done is ear acupuncture. Or and, and it seemed to be more effective for me than regular acupuncture. So, um, yeah. So there's there's different ways to stimulate the vagus nerve like that, and um, and it it can improve your mood. And then so if you're 
If your brain fog is due to depression or anxiety, stimulating the vagus nerve can then improve your mood and reduce your stress and, and brain fog can, can reduce as well from that. So, um, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's. If you know you're going to have a cold shower, wouldn't it, wouldn't it increase your stress or immediately before the, um, the plunge? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess immediately before, but it's, it's more after it's done. Right. Like I, cause I, I usually recommend people do it for like, you know, start with like 30 seconds at the end of your shower, like just yeah. turn around cold and then work your way up to longer periods of time. But yeah, it is, it honestly is pretty stressful. So it's, I know that's counterintuitive, but if it, when it stimulates the vagus nerve, when you're done, it seems to linger throughout like the rest of the day or at least the morning where you feel like, Oh, I feel a bit better, especially if you do it regularly too. Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, I guess some um, people that have got teenage children, they'll, they'll have this as a natural, as a natural, thing anyway because they'd be having a shower and then the children turn on the taps as they always do and yeah. <laughs> cold showers now, yeah. <laughs> now many um this the reach of this program is worldwide and a lot of the uh, references you're giving to um health medical professionals are, f are for the more advanced countries in america you've got specialists which um which can help but other countries don't so if someone is in a country which has just got a doctor, an allopathic doctor, and they've got no one else to turn to, what would you recommend they do? If they think they've got brain fog and they're thinking, what steps should I take? They can't go for these uh, tests for their, um, their, their, their eye tests for moving dots on the screen. They can't do those kinds of tests. Are there other yeah. kinds of tests that they can do? Yeah, it's tough to say. Uh, I'm so used to, so like I live in Canada and like yeah. we have a ton of support and resources and great medical system here, right? So it's hard to put, trying to put myself in a person's shoes like that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I usually say try to look at your diet to begin with. And then yes. there are some, like if they're really lost, I mean, there are some great different like brain nutrients and brain supplements that can really help. and there's herbs that can help. Like I always found that rhodiola and ginseng always help my brain function. And so I guess if, if I was in that type of situation and they don't have access to practitioners and, um, and testing and stuff, um, I guess I would, it's not the best way to go about it. And that's actually how I weirdly enough went about it originally was I tested a bunch of different things. I did things. I saw how I reacted and then if it worked, if it helped, I kept doing that. And I, didn't work i abandoned it so it it would have to be kind of more a experimentation on, on yourself in a way um and and i did that for a while and it's not the best way to go about it it's better to have practitioners that they can get feedback from and they can test different supplements on you and determine which ones are the best for you uh, but if you have no other choice then uh i think it's a matter of uh trying things trial and error i guess um and uh trying to think if there's i can't really think if there's if there's any online tests people can do i know there's this just popped in my head there's this program called uh, brain hq which is it's a neuroplasticity program so i mean this is for like uh, and it's based it's created by this neuroscientist respected neuroscientist i believe it's really well done and it's uh it's a bunch of just brain exercises to help keep your brain sharp into old age and um I think it's yeah, brain HQ. It's something to, to look into. That's uh, so that's something if they have internet access, they can 
they can use that and try to keep their brain sharp with that. So. Um, now we touched on M EMDR before. Um, yeah. Does it, is there any risks? This is a question asked by Patrick Duncan. Does it carry any risks? And you know, are there any dangers that can um, that you've got to watch out for? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you'd have to find you have to find a qualified uh, practitioner, like a an EMDR therapist. Uh, so there's like EMDR websites, and I guess I didn't even say what it stands for. So it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So perhaps the person that asked the question already knows what it is, but it's just a trauma therapy, right? And uh, so yeah, you need to uh, find someone who's uh, trained in it and then there's different levels of EMDR specialists or uh, therapists and you want to try to get the I think it's level three the highest level they, they have the most training um, and um, I don't think there's any risk like I, I just saw benefits um, I know if someone has a lot of trauma I mean it can be it can be a lot to take at once like I know it, it's it's quite a lot of things come up um, but yeah, you need to, yeah, I just try to find a really good therapist. That's the best way, what I can say about that. I mean, I don't know if there's any negative effect. Perhaps people have negative reactions to it, but I, I never did. It was very helpful for me. So, uh, yeah. Do you think, would you, uh, would you think it's a good idea for people to ask their, uh, their doctors um, whether it's possible to, um, reduce the number of drugs that they take for conditions that they have and try and find um, the root causes of the, those symptoms? Yeah, I think so, but I don't, usually it's not the doctor that's going to do that, right? So it's more of, uh, de you definitely need to talk to your doctor about reducing your drugs, that's for sure. Don't just go reduce them. But um, I would say you need to also have a game plan as to what you're going to do before you reduce the drugs. Cause you don't want to just reduce the drugs. Um, you want to, you know, have some other practitioners and integrative physicians and naturopaths or whatever who are helping you find the root cause and you're getting treatment to deal with the root cause before you just stop all the medication. So um, yeah, definitely bring it up with your doctor about reducing medications, but I guess from from what I know, the medical doctor usually isn't going to be the one that will help you find the root cause. And they'll probably say, no, you don't necessarily, you shouldn't stop your medication. So you're going to have to, yeah. And, and the thing is, is, if your doctor's not supportive with what you're trying to do and find the root cause and, and doesn't understand that you're seeing other practitioners and, and, and he's fine with that or she's fine with that, then you might have to find a new doctor. That's the other thing is, uh, you know, some doctors don't like that and they they won't be supportive. So yeah, you, you may have to find a new doctor, I guess, yeah. I think the ideal doctor is the doctor you never you never see. Uh, you know, a, a system where we pay a doctor each week that you don't see them. <laughs> so it'll be in the doctor's interest to make sure you never see them. So they'd give the, the, they'd give the, the best advice, wouldn't they? Yeah, that'd be the that would be the best. It would uh, be a lot better than the current system, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, are there? Um, we're getting close to the end of the summer. Is there any yeah. advice would you like to give people who um, who are not sure that they whether they have brain fog 
or if they're fairly sure they have brain fog, what, what are the first, very first steps they should do to confirm um, their worst fears? Um, well, I guess what I mentioned earlier is finding a functional neurologist or a chiropractic neurologist. So they, they will do testing that will tell you if you have a brain injury, essentially. So um, now that, but you could still, this is the thing is you could still have brain fog and your brain functions fine. So that, that's always something to consider is you could go, they say you're fine, but you still have brain fog. Usually people, I guess, generally they know if they have brain fog, uh, but yeah, not, not always. So I, I would think st starting there, there's, you can also, um, like another testing, another test you could do is a QEEG. So that's another brain uh, test. Um, so it's usually offered by neurofeedback practitioners. They, they map out your brain waves and they see where you have abnormalities essentially. And sometimes there can be signs to suggest that you have brain fog. For example, some people have really high alpha brain waves and that can contribute to brain fog. So, or there are other abnormalities like really high beta brain waves that can contribute to anxiety, for example. So that's another test that can be helpful. And then if you're seeing a neurofeedback practitioner, they can put together a protocol for you to, uh, to, uh, to train your brain and to promote neuroplasticity so you feel better. So um, those are the two, I guess, diagnostic tests I can think of right now. There are probably others. Spec scans is another one by, uh, it's, uh, it's popular by uh, Dr. Amen, Dr. Daniel Amen, he popularized it. Um, that's another one to consider. Uh, you can see if you have reduced blood flow to parts of your brain and um, other ab other abnormalities in your brain function. Um, so yeah, that, those are the three, I guess, main ones that I can think of right now. Yeah, it's a scary thought thinking that a, a huge proportion of the population may have brain fog, <clears throat> and they're yeah. driving, they're they're piloting our planes and <laughs> driving on our roads, and 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 yeah. their reflexes may be slower. The, the decision making may be slower. It's quite a, quite a scary thought. Yeah, and it's uh, it's sad too that that's the case that there's a lot of people out there who are struggling with it, um, and they don't really have like many places to turn. Like there's a lot of information out there, but often sometimes too much information can be a problem too, right? Like the people don't know what to do or what to do next. So um, usually when I work with people, I try to help them like I hear, I get their history and then I try to point them in the right direction. Like, Hey, focus on this instead of all this other stuff, you know, or go see this type of practice or, or even sometimes refer them to a practitioner that helped me. Right. So that it's, uh, yeah. Otherwise people could be quite confused. Right. So anyway. oh, sure. I'm sure that it's on purpose that uh, misinformation as well as is out there in, in great volumes. To yeah. Totally confuse people and think, Oh, well, this isn't working. I should continue my medication. Yeah. yeah, you've mentioned your website before. If you can, if you can tell, please, our audience your website so they know where to turn to. Yeah, so it's it's called Optimal Living Dynamics. Uh, if you just search my name, Jordan Fallis, it's the first it's the first result on Google. Um, yeah, I just I write research and write articles. I haven't been doing it as much recently, but I, I'm hoping to get back to it more soon. I I do consults with people through there. Um, I'd like a, a grow your brain program. There's some supplements, but, uh, yeah, if you're interested in what I've been saying, check it out and, uh, 
yeah, I have a Facebook page and stuff. So yeah, just so just, you can just search, people can just search my name, uh, either through Facebook or just through Google and it'll be, it'll show up. So, yeah. And health advice is always better if it's given by a person that's been through the system and found the way that that was best for them. That sort of advice is always the best. You've, you've mentioned ginseng as a, yeah. as, as you know, that's any other thing that you'd recommend everyone who's got brain fog take to, um, to help their condition. Um, Superfoods. Well, let me think. Uh, well, well, I guess test for vitamin D for sure and check vitamin D. And if you're deficient, take vitamin D. Yes. Get enough sunlight too. That's a big one too. Uh, um, magnesium. I often recommend magnesium because it's just a lot of people are deficient. Um, but then another one, a really good nutrient for brain fog is acetyl L-carnitine. So that's uh, that supports mitochondria functioning too. So if you if you have mitochondria functioning, you take acetyl L-carnitine, you should see improvements in, in brain function and energy and and a reduction in brain fog. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that's that's usually the main brain supplement in particular, acetyl L-carnitine that I recommend. Uh, I mean, there's tons. If if you go to my website and you read through my articles, there's like I've tried so many supplements. So it's those are just the ones that pop up right now. But I mean, yes. if I like later, there'll be others. I'll be like, oh, I forgot to mention this one. You know? so <laughs> um, yeah, that vitamin D, magnesium, and acetyl carnitine in particular. Those are the ones that are in my head right now, and they're quite helpful, especially if you're deficient in magnesium and, and vitamin D. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. So go out in the sunshine. If you live in a country that uh, doesn't have sunshine, even better, go for four weeks in a place that does have sunshine. <laughs> yeah. <definitely. laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, I think that's, that should be the positive note that we, um, that we end this summer. Jordan, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for explaining to us what uh, brain fog is and uh, how we can um, overcome the brain fog. It's um, been fantastic having you on our show. Oh yeah, thanks for having me. It was it was fun. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks. For, it's uh, very late at your side of town, so um, I'll yeah. um, I'll pull the plug now. So thank you so much, and um, yeah, and uh, thank you everyone for watching for watching and uh, participating online. And we'll see you all next week. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks, Jordan. Thanks a lot. It's, a, it's appreciated. It, it was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I felt it, it was fun chatting with you. So uh, I'm glad you had me on. That was good. And uh, yeah, it, it, I've been on three podcasts and I feel like this one was my most enjoyable. I liked it. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, normally people say, oh, this is the most painful. I'm never going to go on this show again. No, it normally is good. It's a, it's an, it's not so formal. We're not uptight here. We just want the information out there. And experts like yourself who have been through it, they, they, they truly are the best ones. And so what information you gave is absolutely solid gold. You know, you've, you've, tried, you've tried so many things, but more importantly, you've kept a log of what's worked for you. And, yeah. and you've, got it, you've, you've put it all together. And somehow you've got 1.5 million people. That's a lot of zeros, brother. That's a lot of zeros. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Google said, well, that's the, that's the sad thing is that Google, they were sending me a lot of traffic. And then I don't know if you heard about August 1st last year, they started reducing traffic to natural health websites. So I lost a bunch of traffic, unfortunately, but up until that point, uh, yeah, there's just tons and tons of people just, uh, 
that's like when I, my content's really long and in depth, right? So sure. uh, Google just, they like that type of content. So they just put it up on the first page for a lot of different search terms. And yeah, uh, yeah it's pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, it's, I'm, still, I'm still getting traffic. It's just, it's, it's reduced, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, it's criminal. Yeah, just, what's that? Oh, I was just sorry. I was just saying it's criminal how they're um, always trying to sort of bump us off, trying to, try to renegade us to the uh, the trash can. Yeah, I know, and it's because you think about it. If people are searching for information, like they're just gonna see the status quo info. Like they're like they're gonna see WebMD, and sure. which I, I I understand why they've made the change. But the thing is, is up until when they made that change. Google's algorithm rewarded the content that people liked the most and wanted the most. So mine kind of just went to the top because it just, it's good info that people are like, Oh, perfect. That's what I want. Yeah. But now it's not, it's not rewarded as much because there it's because of the, the content, the type of like what I'm promoting, which is not strictly conventional medicine. And uh, right. So um, it's, it's too bad, but uh, <laughs> what's that? It's naughty. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about naughty. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I still can't believe I, I when I it's seeing that number like put 1.5 million. It's crazy. Like I still can't believe it. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've done very well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you take care. Have a, have a great evening. Thanks again for being on our show. Absolutely appreciate it. Um, I'm sure your reach will have, um, you know, we'll be publishing our video on uh, what's well, already broadcasting live on Facebook, which has got over uh, 16,000. We've got our own video um, hosting site, speaking2videos.com, and of course on YouTube. So we get a lot of, a lot of people that will be watching this video and thinking, gosh, maybe there is something I can do. And now I know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then reach well, yeah, that's great, though. Thanks for thanks for having me. It was fun talking to you. Okay, you take care, John. Thank you. You too. Bye. All right. Bye.